This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex trading-related questions every Monday morning. If you would like to ask me a question, you go to nonsenseforex.com slash askvp. You fill out that form, and I will get back to you typically within 48 hours. And then your question just might make an episode of the show. Now, I think I'd mentioned this last week or the week before, but uh, I said I was no longer going to field follow-up questions, and I am now making that official. So what I mean by that is you ask me a question, I answer you back, and now you have my contact information. So uh, maybe just you know try it out. Ask me another question and see if I'll get back to you. And I've typically been really good with this um, just because I've, I've had a little bit of time, but as everything is growing, that time is slowly slipping away. And so I don't blame you for trying to ask me as many questions as you possibly can while you have my contact info, but uh, that is officially ending. There will be no more follow-up questions after the one you ask. Uh, It is nothing personal. Please understand that. I just have to draw the line somewhere, and if I say I do something, then I do it. But this isn't really bad news. I mean, when I was getting started trading, there was no channel like No Nonsense Forex around. There was nobody out there trading the same way I was trading that I could go and ask any kind of question to, and I still figured it out. Um, You all are getting the express lane already, so the fact that you can't ask me more than one question is not going to ruin that progress at all, I don't think. So, above anything, make sure that one question you ask is something that isn't already covered in the material somewhere, because then you have essentially wasted that question, because it was right in front of you the whole time. So that is really the end of everything I'm going to say to that effect. Uh, I would like to thank everybody who came into the YouTube channel this week and posted on last week's episode and told me where you had actually heard of either the podcast or the blog or the YouTube channel. Really helpful going forward. I got some answers I did not expect, but I am thankful for all of you who went in and commented there. I hope you all enjoyed last week's, or this past week's video on Fibonacci. I know it's one of those videos where I'm just telling you not to do something that you probably already know not to do, Um, but I appreciate the viewership anyway. It did make people mad. I knew it was going to make some people mad, because Fibonacci people are Fibonacci people. They really stick by it, for better or for worse, usually worse. Uh, But in the end, I back up my arguments the best I can, and you, the viewer, get to watch and read and decide for yourself. And for all of you Fibonacci stalwarts out there, uh, you were on the wrong channel anyway. Why why are you wasting your time here? But we're going to move on, traders. Uh, The question for episode 21 of the Forex Q&A podcast is a question I've gotten a lot. And I was going to tackle this much, much later. Um, As far as the algorithm, that structure that I've shown you, uh, you've you've only seen really half of it. And I wanted to wait till I had shown you all of it before uh, I make any kind of material that answers this question. But I thought about it, and I was like, wait a minute, we can actually do some damage here based on what we already know now. So let's tackle it now. And then we can revisit it once I have disclosed every single piece of that algorithm structure to you. Now, if you don't know what that algorithm structure is, if you're brand new to the podcast... Uh, It is in quite a few of the videos, but what I will do is just go ahead and put it right on the blog for this episode, so you can just click the link down below and it'll all be there right in front of you, and then that way um, it'll make a lot more sense going forward. 
Because if you don't already want to trade the no-nonsense Forex way and you're not already familiar with the pieces of the algorithm that we have and why they're there, um, this is probably going to be a bit of a confusing episode for you. So try to catch up the best you can. And if you do, you're going to get a lot out of this. So this episode's question is from Taylor from Blue Lake, California. And Taylor asks, What are some considerations in backtesting indicators? and their settings in order to judge their effectiveness. So this question was more eloquently worded than most of the questions I get. Uh, So let me just kind of shorten it up for you. I want to know about backtesting. You know, I've given you the algorithm. Um, You are looking for these confirmation indicators. You are looking for these exit indicators. What is the most effective way to backtest it? Because that is the very first thing you need to do. You need to see, hey, I found this indicator. Um, It looks good. Let me actually plug it into my charts and see how well it worked in the past. And then if it worked well, then I can start using it in real time to see if it's actually legit. And if it is, then I can start using it for real. And then I can ride this horse until something better comes along or this just ends up being the one. And yeah, I'll admit I was wrong about this. I thought I really would be doing you a disservice if I didn't give you all six pieces of that algorithmic structure before we moved on to backtesting, but uh, we can certainly talk about it now. And I think it's a good idea we do. And I really want to focus on the confirmation indicator, the indicator that says, okay, we're officially in a trend now and you need to be entering here. That is what a good confirmation indicator does. Um, I have a video and a blog called trend indicators and you need to go look at that um, if you before you really start finding these indicators because that's going to make the the whole search and the whole process a lot easier and a lot more efficient so if you're just starting out make sure you watch that video first before you start searching for these things and then once you have found them you can refer to this episode and it will tell you how to backtest them so let's talk about how to backtest a confirmation indicator so to recap Trend indicators and scaling out are the two videos and or blogs that you need to visit first before you start backtesting anything. So once you have done that, and once you have found a confirmation indicator that you would like to try out, here is what you do. You pick a currency pair that you want to test it out on. Uh, Make sure you're on the daily chart because that's what we do here. And then you need to put that indicator up on your chart. And at first, use the default settings. You need to start from somewhere. And a lot of times you're going to find uh, the default settings on an indicator turned out to be the best possible settings you could have used. So whether that's right or wrong, start there. So you have the chart, you have your indicator up, and then you also want to put the ATR indicator underneath that. And once you have done that, once you have the confirmation indicator in question and the ATR both on your chart, you can get started. So, you're going to want to go back about six months, maybe as many as 12 months into the past. And you can actually go further. Um, And depending on how many signals that indicator is giving you, you may need to go further to get a really good sample size. I typically go back about two or three years. Uh, And this is good because so many different market conditions have happened in the past two to three years um, that you can really get a good idea of long term how well this thing is going to do for you. So 6 to 12 minimum, I would say 2 to 3 years maximum. You don't need to go back too much further than that because uh, I can tell you right now, back in 2013, 2014, the market was completely different than you're going to see right now. I hope we can get back to those levels because we had a lot of volume and liquidity in our market, but we may never get back there. I don't know. 
So once you've established that, all you really need to do is go to your confirmation indicator and work backwards and say, okay, how many entry signals did this thing give me? And then you go to the most recent one and you start there. So you're going to need to know what was a win, what was a loss. And this is where the ATR comes in. If you would have made as many pips as the ATR is listed, so uh, if you're on the dollar yen, for example, and the ATR at the time of entry was 80 pips, well, you want to see if that thing made 80 pips before it lost 120 pips. And if it did, you chalk it up as a win. If it did not, you chalk it up as a loss. And then you go record that information off to the side somewhere. And then you keep going backwards. And every time it gave you an entry before that, you do the exact same thing. And now if you've chosen to go two years in the past as the point in time that you're using, well, then in the past two years, uh, you will have a win-loss record for this indicator. And then you need to make a percentage out of that. If the indicator, for example, gave you 10 wins and 5 losses, that is a 66% win percentage. So either write this down on a piece of paper or go to Google Sheets and make a free little spreadsheet out of it. This data is very important because you are going to do this with, let's say, 10 other confirmation indicators, maybe even as many as 20 or 30, and then you are going to rank them based on a highest win percentage all the way down to the lowest. The two or three indicators at the very top of that list are going to be the ones you need to pay attention to going forward. Now, I understand this is a very imperfect, inexact way to measure. Um, we don't have any information based on what the trade did after it hit that initial take profit point. We're not accounting for news events. I mean, there's a lot we're not accounting for, but that's fine because for now, it doesn't matter. Winning confirmation indicators are winning confirmation indicators, and losing confirmation indicators are losing confirmation indicators, and you need to distinguish the difference between the two. And backtesting this way, as crude and as simple as it is, is going to determine that for you. If you have a confirmation indicator that is getting its ass kicked and losing you a bunch of pips now, it's not going to do any better later on when you have all the information you need. And conversely, an indicator that is winning a lot more than it's losing has a really good chance to be something that could be part of your algorithm in the future, so hang on to it. But you need to know which indicators at this stage of the game are worth hanging on to, and this is how you do it. And once you find them, uh, then by all means, use it in real time on a demo account and see how it does. You may not need the rest of the information I'm about to give you to know that, hey, this thing is legit. And it needs to be part of my trading right now. But the best way to determine who your winners and losers are right out of the gate is to do things this way. And the people who are meticulous about this, the people who actually record this data on a piece of paper or on a spreadsheet, are going to come out ahead. Now, if there's any confusion left on how to do this, it is probably because you have not watched the trend indicators video and you have not watched the scaling out video. Um, but if there's still confusion, go to the blog. I will lay things out right there in front of your face um, because I do understand that this episode could use a little bit more visuals than a lot of episodes could. So that will be there for you as well. Um, but I'm just hoping that when this is all said and done, that at this point in time, there is no confusion over how to backtest a really good confirmation indicator.
If you have watched all the videos you're supposed to watch, and you have listened to this entire podcast, and there is still a bit of confusion, that is where the blog is going to come in. I'm going to be very detailed on the blog. So go there next, and by then, there shouldn't be any questions left unanswered. So as far as this method of backtesting goes, uh, it's imperfect so far, but it is still really effective in determining who your winners and losers are right away. So you can stop wasting time on the losers and focus more on forward testing the ones that are winning. Now, in terms of backtesting exit indicators, well, we can't really do that yet because we have not yet talked about trailing stops. But that's okay. The search for a really good confirmation indicator is worth any time you put into it, and it is something we really need to be attacking now um, because you really need to have a good one in place that you like, at least a good three or four probably, before we really start moving on to other things. There's a reason why we go as slow as we do. There is a reason we go piece by piece. If I were to sit there and just give you everything at one time, it would be overwhelming. You wouldn't know where to start. I want you to take the pieces that I have given you so far, and I want you to get those as right as you possibly can. It just makes a lot more sense to do it that way. Again, remember, Forex trading is a skill that you are going to have the rest of your entire life, uh, which is hopefully and probably a very, very long time. So it is worth going slow like this and going piece by piece and getting everything as right as we possibly can before we move on to something else. And so this episode was not for my content consumers, not for my people who just arbitrarily listen to the podcast and watch the videos. This podcast was for the doers, the people I'm really behind, the people who are putting in that work, because those people are going to be my future success stories, not those of you who just leisurely listen to the podcast. So my message to you is to start putting things in motion. You can catch up in a hurry here. Use the podcast to get yourself set up right. And then use the YouTube channel and the blog to start putting it all together. What I really love is most of you who have found this content one way or another have taken the time to go in and binge out on every single thing that I've done. And that shows me that overall, my audience is here to play. They're here to win. They didn't come to bullshit around. But in the end, listening to all those videos and podcasts and reading all the blogs means nothing until you actually put it into play. Until you actually put in the work. And so this podcast was for those of you who have. I really hope it helps you out and I hope it streamlines the process for you. Because remember, I did all this the hard way. I didn't have any of this information. I really wish I did. I'd have gotten there a lot sooner, but I didn't. And I still got there. Me, a college dropout who still never, ever remembers where he parked his car. If my dumbass got there, you can easily get there yourself. So traders, go and give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes if you can. And I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it at the end of every single podcast I do. Don't just listen. Go out there and put in the work. Go out there and get it.